Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we'll kill a guy for good beer. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. And we're the Drunk Guys, and today we are back at Finback recording an episode on The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell, and uh, joined again by Eric. I'm happy to be here, yeah, and I'm happy you Thank guys you are here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you very much. Humble, humble production assistant and almost fan of the show. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe you guys keep coming here every single day. We, we, can't, we can't stay away. <laughs> It's like we're marooned here. (laughs) They need to change the locks. (laughs) So we'll start with this beer. This is called Weekend Getaway, which is kind of how the story starts. Yeah. Sort of. It's made by Finback Brewery, surprisingly. Oh, yes. Thank you for hosting our beer on your podcast. Uh, Anytime. Anytime. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of this podcast first. Maybe, Maybe I should have. I'm a little, Trademark. a little, <laughs> little jealous. So the uh, weekend get a get a weekend get away IPA. Uh, it's a seven point four percent. It's just an IPA. Uh, New England. Um, it's a dry hop though with a lotus and mosaic. And lotus is a hop that we have not used before, and so it's going to give it a little bit of a different flavor from a lot of the other Finback. Uh, beers that we made before and then we uh, brewed it uh, in collaboration here with uh, civil society they're out of florida um so they were here and we uh brewed this together um but yeah lotus is like a new hop for us and definitely for me it adds a taste of enlightenment and uh and serenity it's zen yes it makes zen from this from this beer right now makes you want to kill a man oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah. that's what's that's, keeping us from yeah, killing. Oh yeah, oh wait, it's the zen. It's this. Ah, that's it. It's the sorry. lotus. I'm gonna have to go get a uh, notice, couple couple more of these. <laughs> notice Jimmy's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so what what does a lotus hop taste like? I honestly, my only exposure is to this beer that I am currently drinking. I've seen it that it is in some other hops or uh, beers, but not a lot. It's not around a lot. Um, I couldn't even off the top of my head tell you what hemisphere it's out of. Like, I'm going to guess, like, New Zealand, but I could be completely wrong on that. So if somebody else wants, they could Google at home. I'm engaging listeners. Look up Lotus Hops. (laughs) Please let us know in the comments section. I mean, but it could be out of Washington, too. So, you know. I mean, it's still rare-ish. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at certain ones, you know, certain things have certainly fallen out of fashion. Yeah. You know, like, used to see, like, Fuggles. Never fucking see that anymore. No. No, thank God. Oh, you don't like Fuggles? No. There's a brewery in Oregon that does a Fuggle Festival. And so, like, they invite all these other breweries. And the only common thread is that your beer has to have Fuggle in it. And I've been to it. I've been to that festival a couple times. And I'm kind of like, it's funny as a brewer, (laughs) or challenging, I guess. But as a guest, you're kind of like, why are we doing this? (laughs) <laughs> I guess if, uh, one thing, though, you, you leave that festival knowing damn well what a fuggle hop tastes yeah, like. But uh, a Lotus Festival would be, a, I, I, I expect different people to show up. A lot of Buddhists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is this yeah. what we're doing? A life of suffering, man. Have a beer. So I, I'm not really sure what it is. I mean, this is a, a great IPA. It tastes... Very nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, also the cloudy New england kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is it that you have that flavor there, too. So I imagine the lotus is added. Which is dry hop with the lotus, right? So Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we drop it mosaic, which everybody's super familiar with, too. So, so it's hard it's to It's a little, little bit of both. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, are you tasting mosaic? I'm surprised. I mean, I guess... I'm, not, I'm no mathematician, but there are, like, a lot of breweries at this point. <laughs> there are. And... I think that's a math term. There's more than one. There are there are a many, and they also tend to make multiple IPAs. How many each and every one? How many permutations are there? 
Oh, of IPA? You know, like, well, uh, like a 6 or 7% alcohol beer that's hoppy. I mean, there's only so many malts you could use, though I guess there's a lot of flexibility in the recipe. Uh, you're like, in my very minor math brain, I'm like, millions, because... I'm sure it's true. Every but. level of ABV, every different variation of hops, and there's hundreds of them. Um, but, like, if you have, you know, I don't know how you guys measure it. It depends on how, if you want to sell it or not. <laughs> not how many sellable <laughs> right. IPAs are there? Four. No. Uh, <laughs> we eat too many here yeah. at the Finback <laughs> Brewery. <laughs> I know. You got to... Somebody's got to drink them, though. Um, yeah, so it's like you, you're going to see there's fads, I guess, that come and go and tastes that come and go or, or breweries that are kind of like um, they all experiment together and they, this is what we, we decide that we like and you guys like so it goes well but yeah like citrus mosaic are definitely the ones that you'll see a lot columbus uh is used a lot in bittering um what is it the all the seas um the hops yeah there's another sea citrus columbus and uh chinook that's like not popular anymore yeah uh, that was not no uh, i'm looking at your list here but yeah well, they, like Nelson's the new one that's also like a, and uh, Vic Secret is like another newer one that's kind of becoming more in vogue. And Galaxy's like a huge, hugely popular one, but it's like hugely expensive. Um, mm. It's They're not growing enough of it and everybody in the world is buying all of it. So it's like, like it, that also limits like how many different hops you're going to find and, and how frequently you'll find them in certain beers. So You see a lot of... Uh Azaka or whatever. That's like a cool one now. Yeah, that definitely is. Uh, it's on the rise. It's also fun um, to say. Uh, Amarillo seems to be, I mean, that's probably an older hop, but it seems to be, I see it a lot more now. There's always new cultivars or whatever being yeah. red. And then, I mean, more and more farmers are switching over and growing hops now. And it takes a little while for them to get it up and going. It's a lot like wine. You know, it takes a mm-hmm. while to get the vines going and get the soil right. Uh, figure out which ones are going to grow correctly in your specific environment. Um, so as people, as, and they, they're trying to anticipate the demand, which is really difficult for them. And so, you know, you know, maybe in four years there'll be a ton of Galaxy out there and not as much, I don't know, Nelson. Hmm. I don't know. So it, it's, uh, it's interesting. It sounds very risky to plant a... Un, rather unknown hop. Yeah. So what? The, what a you lot. You can either of, hit the jackpot or be totally yeah. lose everything. So the big the the big hop growers, what they'll do is they'll plant uh, smaller portions of their fields and they'll call it experimental experimental hop and give it a number, you know, three hundred one two whatever number, and then uh, they'll allow breweries to buy them at like a smaller quantity, and then solicit feedback from it and mm. try the beers from it, and if the people are like this is friggin' amazing or this is garbage, then they're able to like go and plant more of it or rip mm-hmm. it out. And then once they go through a couple seasons of that, then they name it and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is... Yeah. You know, that's, that. that's like six-year process. Oh, at least, yeah. It's it's like I've read a couple of books on hops. I still don't get it. Like, I I mean, I, I get it, but I don't, you know, like... They're they're risking everything on it. Like me, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I'm planning all of this because I know somebody's going to buy citra. it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, if thing is, if everybody does that, then it doesn't work. And uh, so yeah, they it it just seems really difficult. It's difficult for breweries to judge the market, and so it's 
got to be multiple times harder for hop farmers to judge what breweries will want mm-hmm. in years from now. You know? There's also an element of the gamble of which brewery buys your experimental hop and what they make with it, right? Because like, yeah. they might... Uh, it I, could I, be I, shitty. Yeah. It could be bought by Miller. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but it also could be that a brewery that makes uh, a, a kind of focuses on IPAs, mm-hmm. they're going to treat the hop differently in the process than if you're making... Um, I don't know, sours. Yeah, or Saison or something. I mean... But you probably know that going in a little bit, they, too. They probably want that. I mean, the hop farmers probably want to have the variety of options for it. They they And they, they probably say, hey, breweries A, B, and C, you bought a ton of hops for from us, and we know that you use them in IPAs, so can you IPA, IPA it up? And then maybe they have another person that's like their Pilsner people or their Saison people. Could you throw it into that and see what happens kind of a thing? So... I mean, hopefully they're being strategic about it, but I don't know. Interesting. Well, I dig this one. I feel like I don't know what a lotus hop tastes like. Mm-hmm. So, talking about a book, short story. The most dangerous game. Hop which... farming. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Uh, which is, a, this is a short story I actually know pretty well, um, which I will explain a little bit later. So, here's the basic concept. A dude who happens to be a famous big game hunter has... Uh, fallen off his boat, off his yacht, and landed on an island in the Caribbean that happens to be inhabited by a crazy Russian general who's obsessed with hunting. And the Russian, crazy Russian general, he is so bored with hunting all, all animals. He is just like such an amazing hunter that they just, tigers, no challenge for him. What is it? Leopards? No challenge for him. You know, he and then he's got all the trophies and yeah. like the and the the big game hunter characters and like Renault or Renault or something. Like uh, Rainsford. Rainsford. There it is. Rainsford is like that's the fucking biggest bison head I've ever seen. And that's what he hunts. Like he hunts yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. shit. He's like, man, this guy's like the Marshal Zukov, whatever his fucking name is. I can't remember the Russian guy's name. Zarov. Anyway, so Rainsford gets to this island and the general is talking about how bored he is, but that he has a new sport. Something new to hunt. Swinging with your, you know, spousal? No? Okay. (laughs) Something new to hunt. It's man. He's going to airport bathrooms. (laughs) And he's tapping under the... They're usually like, hey, oh, it's all... Sorry, it's my stance. He has the widest stance stance in Idaho. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he actually has people, because people can reason. People are cunning. People are the most dangerous game. Because they're they're smart, and they Mm -hmm. can... They'll fight back in a exactly. smart way. And so he has these, these people who end up getting shipwrecked on the island. He gives them a three-hour head start, gives them basically some clothing, a knife, and a three-hour head start and says, go do your best, and then he hunts them down. And I think he does something to make ships crash. Like there's a light. There's some there's sort like of... There's like fake, a fake thing that yeah. makes it, you know... Yeah, I think uh, it's a lighthouse or something like that, and he fucks with them. Yeah, something like that. And then he has his training school. It's like his basement... <laughs> Yeah. I'm locked in. Oh, I feed them very well, and then they get to do this. Totally not a rape dungeon. And they have a choice. They have a choice. This is where the rape dungeon comes in. Because <laughs> if they say no to his offer, he hands them over to the seven-foot-tall, deaf-mute Russian guy to do what he wants with them. And they never say what that is. <laughs> they never do. They're like, well, he really knows how to torture stuff, though. So, you know, they never choose that. <laughs> anyway, but it just happens to be that Rainsford is a, you know, world-famous big game hunter. So, obviously, General Zarov is going to make Rainsford, you know, he's going to hunt General, he's going to hunt Rainsford. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Right away. So, that's what happens. Uh, he goes out, a bunch, of, there are a bunch of things. So, first, he Rainsford runs out into the forest, and then 
hides up a tree and he sees General Zaroff. He walks by. He's clearly in the middle of the night, in the dark. He's able to track Zaroff. Is able to track Rainsford just by you know following all the clues and all these things. But somehow doesn't notice he's up a tree or does know he's he up a tree. He threw down a whole bunch of leaves on his tracks. Yeah. He's like, oh, that'll fucking fool him. No, but Zaroff like is able to track him, but is like basically knows he's up the tree, but it's like, I'm just going to go have dinner now and smoke a cigarette and then leaves. And that was night one. Then night two comes back out to hunt Rainsford some more. And then this time Rainsford comes up with a trap. It's a beer. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Traps him with a beer. A beer called Stormy Water. That's how we got there in the first place. (laughs) How interesting, because we have a beer called Stormy Water. Man, what a coincidence. (laughs) I knew we picked the right place. It's a 6% sour it's actually a dark sour, uh, which isn't you know normally what you're used to. And then it's uh, brewed with ginger, lime, and molasses. And uh, we brewed it a little while ago with Burley Oak. They're out of Maryland. Um, so it's like the inspiration of it is, I guess, what you'd call a dark and stormy. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's basically our interpretation of it. You can definitely smell the molasses and the ginger. And I'm going to try it. Tasting it, you get <clears throat> ginger and lime all up in your grill. And not... Whoa, that is very gingery. Yep. It's, it's sour, but it's not like... It doesn't make your doesn't face kill you. pucker, yeah. but you definitely get it like on the roof of your mouth kind of yeah. sourness. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't get, maybe because I'm overwhelmed by the ginger, the dark, roasty kind of flavor. Sometimes I don't taste that as much, but I could be distracted by the other stuff. I'm definitely getting the lime. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of the molasses, maybe, but it is mostly just sour, kind of limey. Ginger. With some ginger yeah. in it. It is an interesting sour, because as Eric said, it's not. Yeah, definitely. There really aren't many dark sours. I don't see too many. wonder why that is. Is it just because the sour people feel doesn't go with the darker profile? I don't know. I, it might be easy to mess up, you know, like putting in too much of the dark malt, and you could then all of a sudden have like, you know, dark coffee flavor-ish uh, sour. So, I mean, that, I mean, it could be part of that. It also could just be people don't like dark sour like you know expect them so that's not what they're used to so that's not where they're ordering kind of a thing uh, so i mean it might be a little bit of the market driving what is being produced but Fucking adam smith i really like this i think this is really good thank you because i like both lime and ginger, and ginger. yeah mm. and it's like a nice amount of ginger too it's not like burning it you know burning your throat or anything so do you guys just dump a whole shit ton of limes and peeled ginger into this? Is that how that works? Basically, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so a lot of our sours are smaller batches for us. We're not doing a huge amount, a large volume, I guess I'd say, of them. Um, and then it's, again, it goes in after the fermentation is when we are adding our fruits or, or gingers. What's a ginger? Root? I guess it's a root. Yeah, root. <laughs> um, it fruit. Yeah, fruit root. And so then um, it'll go into the our bright tank during our right before the carbonation. So then it, you're, you're, we, f- we find that you're getting the most flavor out of it when you're adding at that point. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so the ginger, it's like in, you know, I don't, I don't want to bore you, I guess, with the science of it, but we use like a, uh, a bag and we throw all the ginger in there. So that That's way. That's very scientific. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go into the. How many milliliters was it? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that way the ginger, we can physically pull the actual ginger out uh, or actually we'll, we'll package the beer and there will be a bag of ginger left behind um, 
So uh, it's osmosis. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, if you guys have listened to my earlier podcast, I will say that this is a science. Oh yes, <laughs> we did a science. Yes, the science. Yes, science. It, science has happened here, people. We have worked that into many episodes. Actually, <laughs> we <We're laughs> science. As a, as everyone listening knows, yep. as they've listened to every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so like those big um, muslin sacks of ginger goes in there. Like you, you teabag it. I don't really know their ginger nuts. religion, but <laughs> yes, muslin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So there'll be those, and then uh, we'll uh, toss them in to the. What we'll, we'll, we'll use CO two clear out the tank, so there's it's like uh, no oxygen in it. Well, throw in the sacks, you CO two them out, so there's no oxygen in the tank. Put the beer in the tank, climb up on top, dump in the lime. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, science. And there's cool. definitely science involved in like uh, having no air available to you and a big sack in your face. So I get all, I understand <laughs> it now. I get it now. Yeah, it's a storm- I'm ready to make my own. Stormy. <laughs> I find it interesting. I, I I have long wondered why there were no dark sours, and I I I will be the first to admit I'm not a huge sour guy. I don't really like too many of them. This is a pretty interesting one. I have to say it is not as a uh, kick you right in the groin as most of them are mm-hmm. so i can have more than one of this this is actually pretty good and yeah. the dark flavors don't fuck it up yeah it's six percent so you are drinking alcohol but you're not getting hammered uh damn it <laughs> <laughs> uh well, but unless it, you have a lot of it <laughs> it's it's one of the most unusual sours that we've made definitely like it and i i like it because we were like we like this drink Let's try and make something like that. What isn't a dark and stormy, the cocktail? Ginger and lime and dark rum, I believe. Oh, is that? Okay. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't drink it all the time. I've never had one. I... Every day. I mean, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I make them all on Sunday, though, so I don't remember by the end of the week how you make it. Yeah. I like, I like that we uh, tried to make something similar to a popular drink, and I feel like we did a, a pretty decent job. I've seen that there's a couple other things you've had on the show in the past where people have done like we had a beer that was supposed to taste like a Manhattan that somebody made and one with the the peach one the Bellini oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah we had a a beer Lini a beer Lini called how was that a can it was alright fine yeah. Yeah. yeah we did a Moscow Mule thing yeah we did yeah, yeah that's like a, a cool trend I guess yeah damn we're trendy <laughs> this is cool and uh, it is ni- a nice change of pace from the other. I mean, the IPAs are wonderful, but it's a big diversion. So, like, if you're into different things, there's this other wild and crazy beer out there, too. Yeah. If you were to come to Finback, you could find any beer for your palate. Especially if it's IPA. But <laughs> <laughs> also other beers. You know what, though? Yeah. I, I was here in March, and it was, like, 50% stouts. Yes. And they were all, like, 10% and above stouts. And I was like, this is the best. That that was right after Pastry Town. We, yeah, we put on uh, seven dark beers. Yeah. And... It was like a weekend. And it then was like not a, for long. And then, yeah, and then like a couple of triple IPAs, and, and I think I had a Pilsner on or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was like I put up the menu, and I was like, oh, this is glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to, you get to you say in what goes up? Yeah, I'm, I am the beer curator or whatever, whatever they would call us. Uh, yeah, so I put up the menu each week. Oh, but cool. it's But it's essentially based upon like, what you have. What we have. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's coming up. Yeah, what's, what we have, what's coming up. And so, or, you know, what's about to turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's right long up. gone. Yeah. It's like the, like the restaurant. You're like, oh, push the fish, guys. You know, because <laughs> yeah. that's not going to last the end of the week. Yeah. I mean, some beers definitely can hang around longer. Like the Stormy Water, uh, we did brew a little while ago. And then some of the dark beers, we can have, we'll move them in and out. And they, we're able to have them ar- around for a while, too. 
but yeah, the, the IPAs, we try and get you drinking them as fresh as possible. So Yeah, the, the hop flavor dissipates. And mm-hmm. That's the whole point, right? Especially for these um, dry hopped and dribble dry hopped, whatever things like that's even less, even more volatile of a element. You don't want to can it up too soon or keg it or package. Pa- you don't want to package it too soon because uh, then you can have like that kind of bitter green like hop bite to it. But if you, you wait too long on a beer, like if we package it and then you drink it uh, six months from now or eight months from now, you're you're going to be missing like what we were striving for. Mm. And so it depends on, it's like some of the fruit flavors can fall off on beers. Um, some of the uh, bitterness you can lose. And then, yeah, definitely a lot of the hop aroma and or flavor you're going to lose as, as time goes on. And then it depends on how the beer's made and how long it takes. But you can also, then it starts to become maltier and maltier uh, and so you can get what people would consider more like your grandfather's IPA kind of a thing. I've also heard that um, coffee flavors tend to dissipate mm-hmm. over time. Coffee's one. Um, I've heard coconut uh, is one, but we use coconut frequently, and I've not not encountered that yet with with our beers. Yeah. So anyway, so Rainsford is like manages to trick Zaroff by jumping into the ocean after and he get in the stormy after he waters. released the hounds, he jumps into these stormy waters and then swims around this side of the island and shows up. In Zaroff's house, and then the very end is Rainsford becomes the hunter, and Zaroff becomes the hunted. That's it. That's, the, that's how oh, it is. Oh, there it is. Dun dun dun. Yep. And there's like 15 movie very uh, adaptations of this, right? There's a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. The first one I saw was called The Dangerous Game, starring Ice T back in like '94. I did not see this one, but I'm very curious. And uh, Rud- Rudger Hauer. Ice T is the hunted, and Rud- Rudger Hauer. Is the hunter? Well, the the only one I've ever seen is the one that I starred in <laughs> as Rainsford what? in high school oh. when two of my friends in high school were doing a video project for like their class. I mean, it's like second semester senior year. They're just like doing bullshit classes, and they're just like they had took a video class. They're like, oh, we're gonna do a video of the most dangerous game. We need somebody to be Rainsford. Nate, you want to do it? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I was Rainsford, and it was a very extremely low budget. Yep. Did and you then, read it? Yeah, actually, I had to read it first, and then I was in it. <laughs> Get into the characters. And mind. then we couldn't do like we went to a we took a, like a trip to a museum to film the inside of Rainsford's house. We went to a, a natural history museum and just like filmed me looking at all the little all the little, uh, skeletons and stuff in the natural history museum, and that's the inside of Zarov's house. And then just did a lot of running around in the woods. And then in the beginning of the chase, there are no leaves on the trees, but by the end there are because we filmed <laughs> it like a month and a half later. And then we couldn't do all the traps because, like, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And what is a melee man catcher? I mean, that's, like, not a thing that we tried to Google in, you know, you know the early 2000s. <laughs> couldn't find it. So it was just a, a rock on a rope. That was it. That just, like, swung down and hit him. I was like, oh, well, okay, there we go. Get the job done. Yeah, that's how we did it. And anyway, and at the end of our version, I want to say Rainsford just escaped. He just, like, got away. He didn't... Uh, no swimming in the uh, stormy water? No, I did not have a swim in any stor- stormy water. I don't think. No, I didn't. And we didn't hunt Zaroff at the end. So at the end of the story, he ki- he, does he actually kill Zaroff? No. no so like, it doesn't get to that point. He shows up at Zaroff's house and says, you want to say, well, but it's like, now I'm going to hunt you, motherfucker. Well, yeah, yeah. He doesn't actually do it, right? We don't get the money shot. Of him, Rainsford uh, did not smile. I am still a beast at bay, he said in a low horse face. Low horse <laughs> voice. Horse face in a low horse voice. Get ready, General Zaroff. 
The general made a deep smile. I see. Splendid. One of us is to furnish a repast for the hounds. The other will sleep in this very excellent bed. On guard, Rainsford. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, so, now Rainsford is going to hunt Zaroff because he won because he's the most dangerous game. Oh, because he... So, originally, the arrangement was he wins, he gets to leave, right? Yeah. But now he's like, now nah, I'm going to play the game again with you. And now the guy's like, even better. No, and it's like, like Rainsford becomes the hunter. Right, but Zaroff, but Zaroff, instead of being like, oh, shit, that plan didn't work, he's, like, even more excited in, in a way. Yeah. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. great, because he's, like, so jaded from having murdered things. He has to kill a man to get an erection now. So he's just, oh, this will, yes. Or get a good beer. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that's a cool story. It's a famous mm-hmm. story. Like, I knew, th- I don't know how, I never saw the Ice Tea movie, but I have homework now. Uh, <laughs> I... I, I never saw any movie version of this to my recollection, but I knew the story vaguely of the dude mm-hmm. who hunts people. I think there's a lot of so, movies that have been... I'm sure. Uh, TV shows and No longer under copyright as well. So, oh, really? So uh, now you can just... Everybody's hunting. It's basically low-tech Predator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's less sci-fi Predator. Oh, Predator was badass, so I saw that many times as a child. Uh, so I could see... Uh, it's on TV a lot. We had it on VHS. We were, we were fancy like that. And my parents, that was their form of parenting. <laughs> Here, watch Predator, son. <laughs> Learn a thing or two. Be a man. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, All right. I, it's a cool story. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on the Twitter at drunkguysbc or Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. <laughs> I think it's what it says. Jimmy. Jimmy knows. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, you know, you, you, you could, you could, if you really want to find it, you'll you, find, you it. find it. Yeah. And if you've already listened this far, please give us a review, but just round up to five stars. Or we'll hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> I think we've used that one already, but it's fine. But in three days. <laughs> it's different now. And thanks uh, again to Finback for letting us hang out here. Thanks, Eric. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Thanks, guys, for not swimming around to the other side of the brewery when we showed up. And uh, <laughs> see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.